Hi, this is Ahuka. Welcome to another exciting episode of Hacker Public Radio. And today we have a very special guest, Jonathan Nado. And we're here to talk about a number of things, but uh, among them is a fundraiser that he has started to improve the screen reader known as Orca. Uh, but before we get into that, I think Ken Fallon has a little bit of news about New Year's Eve. Ken? Yeah, the New Year's third annual New Year's Eve show will be starting um, when the first time zone hits. That's on the 31st of December at 10 100 hours UTC. That's 10 hundred hours UTC. There's a link on the main page now for that. And uh, probably as a spectacular um, piece of news for everybody, we're going to be running a telethon to support uh, what you're about to hear in this interview here. So if you are around, if you can spread the word um, for the 20, uh, 26 hour show, we're going to be trying to raise some money to support the cause that you're going to hear about uh, now from Jonathan. And uh, we're going to also try and connect into the twit.tv um, uh, 24 hour show that they're doing over there and get some cross pollination if we can. So the mumble server is mumble.openspeak.cc and the port is 64747. And we will have live streams at hackerpublicradio.org forward slash og and hackerpublicradio.org forward slash mp3 running through the entire 26 hours. So if you want to come along and join us and spread the word, we're looking for your cash and we're looking for your code. Okay, with that, I'll drop off. Thank you. Thank you, Ken. So now, Jonathan, you are a man of many parts. Uh, I know that you are executive director of the Accessible Computing Foundation. Uh, I know that uh, earlier in the year we did a fundraiser for the Sonar Project, and now uh, Orca is a screen reader. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about what you're trying to do with Orca and what your fundraiser is about? Right, absolutely. And uh, first, thanks for having me on, guys. I totally appreciate it. And I greatly, greatly appreciate uh, uh, you using the HPR, uh, you know, 24-hour thing as a sort of a fun uh, fundraising telethon thing. I really appreciate that, guys. Um, so with uh, with the Orca Screen Reader, what, what kicked this off is I met with um, a person who's kind of an angel investor, does a lot of startups. His name is Jason Calacanis. He used to be a lot on the, uh, the Twit uh, Sunday shows, This Week in Tech. He has his own podcast called This Week in Startups. I met him in Boston a month and a half ago. I spoke with him about all of the things that I'm trying to do. And um, during the conversation, he was like, whoa, 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 whoa. He, you know, he, he literally was saying that. He's like, let's slow down here. He's like, man, you are doing way too much. He's like, what you need to do is, so we start, we got on the topic of vision impaired people in Orca, and we're discussing the numbers. There's you know, roughly 360 million vision impaired people in the world. 90% of them live in developing countries. 80% of the vision impaired people in the United States are unemployed. And I was telling him that the majority of these people do not have access to proprietary screen readers because they're extremely expensive. So during the conversation, this is when he's like, whoa, 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 slow down. He's like, all right, this is, this is what we need to do. He's like, you're going to run an Indiegogo campaign and you're going to set the goal for $100,000. I'm going to pledge into this campaign and we're going to raise money to make Orca better. He's like, this is what you need to do. He's like, if you want Orca, and if you want, you know, the majority of these people using Orca, you need to make it 10 times better than anything else. It can't be two times better. It can't be five. It's literally got to be 10. It's got to d- crush and destroy anything else that's like it in order for people to switch over to it and use it. 
So this is why you need to run this campaign. Focus on one thing. He's like, I love that you're doing all these other things. He's like, let's focus on Orca. Get that to be in the state that it can crush anything. Then you move on to something else. He's like, don't try doing all these things at once. Nothing will ever get quote-unquote better. He's like, you're just spreading yourself too thin. Let's focus on this one thing and just crush it and then move on to the next accessible thing, then move on to the next accessible thing. He's like, that's the only way you're going to succeed with this. So he's like, let's start this Indiegogo campaign and let's get Orca into the best shape that you possibly can. Let's raise the $100,000 and get some, de- you know, get developers on this thing and make it better. So that's why I've launched the campaign and I'll, we'll probably give the URL a few times, but right now uh, the short URL is igg.me slash at slash orca and uh, i guess i'll take a moment to breathe and uh ke- you can uh throw anything in here you want kevin wonderful thanks jonathan uh you know i think that that's probably pretty good advice uh you know to focus on just doing one thing and doing it well um so i'm, I'm gonna go with jonathan uh go with uh, jason calacanis on that uh so that, that does make sense. So uh, for people who aren't familiar, uh, what does a screen reader do? So I guess this would be an opportunity to, I'll, I'll tell you what a screen reader does, but then I will have the opportunity to show our folks listening to this episode because I'll, um, basically what a screen reader does is it is a synthesizer, a synthesized voice, which reads the text on the screen to a blind or low vision person and you can manipulate the screen reader using various keyboard commands so i can send emails i can surf the web i can play music i can type out documents i can use text editors i can change config files all using the orca screen reader um one of the things that i was able to to do with the sonar campaign uh the sonar campaign was to help uh, Sonar could do Linux and just really kind of get that together. And also, I brought a um, enhancement to Orca through the Sonar project. Now, you, you will hear soon that um, I have like the original sort of synthesizer voice on Orca by default. And you'll hear it's very like robotic sounding. And this is sort of a hurdle for some blind users where uh, the other proprietary operating systems have better sounding voices. Well, with Orca, I wanted to be able to bring free software, a better free software voice synthesizer to Orca, and I was able to do that through the Sonar project. So what I'll do is I'll um, I'll take a moment here to kind of switch over my setup. This is always great for live radio or a podcast, but um, what I'll do is I'll take a second, and I'm going to turn on the mumble thing, um, not to push the talk, but to be on automatically. And after I do that, I just need to switch a couple of wires around, and I'm going to run my computer into my mixing board, and you will then be able to hear Orca, and I'll, I'll use it with the default voice, and then I'll change it over to the other voice, and you can hear it, and then we can maybe discuss that a little bit farther. Great. Okay, so let me. I'm going to switch the mumble thing right now. Hang on one second. Okay, so can you hear me now, Ken? Kevin? Okay, so dropped into a different room for a minute. Okay, so sorry about that, folks. Okay, so now I'm on the uh, not push to talk, so I need to switch two chords, and then you should be able to hear my computer. So hang on one second. Okay, I'm plugging in one thing right now. Okay, and then I just need to plug my headphones in to this other area. Okay, you can hear me, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, here we go. So you should. Now you can hear Orca, right? 
Okay, so this is what Orca sounds like. I'm going to switch out of the mumble thing here. Desktop frame. I can view pane. Okay, so right now I'm running a GNOME shell, and it's on the desktop. Home canvas. There's the home folder. Trash canvas. There's the trash. Closer canvas. There's my pen drive. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to open the Orca preferences, and um, you'll I'll change the synthesizer. So here we go. Screen reader preferences. Page tab list. Most page tab. Most type static speech system. Speech dispatcher combo box. So I'm on a speech system, and it, it, right now it's using speech dispatcher. What I was able to do with the Sonar project is make a new uh, speech system called Speech Hub, which of course is not showing up now. <laughs> speech synthesizer. Speech combo box. Speech system. Speech dispatcher combo. Oh, good. Okay. You gotta, you gotta love uh, live uh, demos here. Of course, it's not there now. Okay, we'll, we'll x that. But this is to give you an idea window. of uh, what screen readers uh, see. You know, sound like so. Desktop frame, cross canvas. Trash canvas. Yeah, so that that's what a screen reader sounds like. Maybe I'll open up something here so you can see. Desk window. I'm open up uh, Gedit right now. Window. Desktop frame. Never mind. Of course, it's just like a total epic fail of a demonstration. I had everything ready and now it's not working right so um but sorry kevin well it always, always happens, happens when you're alive yeah exactly <laughs> I, I i started setting up an hour before this just to make sure okay this works yep i changed everything on the fly everything was working and uh you know now it's complete utter failure so um but again this is just what orca looks like and her sounds like rather and uh, i do have better sounding voices unfortunately i cannot play them for you so i will Switch back to how I had the setup because I think the recording is going to come across a lot better if I do that. So I will continue to talk as I unplug things here. Let's see. Sorry, everyone, for the total fail on uh, on the demonstration. Um, okay. So are you there, Kevin? Yeah, I am. Okay. So yeah, let me let me put it back to push the talk here. Okay, sorry about all, right. all that, folks. Well, uh, Jonathan, that was not a, a total failure because I thought it was useful for people to get a sense of how a screen reader works. Uh, and I think one of the things that people, uh, if this is the first time they've heard this, they don't know you all that well uh i would just point out you set the speed to be a lot higher than uh and, and i remember this because you and uh you and pokey i think did a, sh a show and and he was stumbling around trying to do an installation using a screen reader yeah you have it set to like two or three times faster than normal speech because you're used to it oh yeah i mean what you heard of that i that was like 50 percent I put it up to 100, and it basically speaks at 350 words a minute. Yeah, I've been uh, gradually increasing the rate at which I listen to podcasts, because otherwise I'd never get through them all. So exactly. I you can adapt. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I didn't start it like that either. I, I went to 60 and crept up to 75, then to 85, then before I knew it, I was at 100. Yeah, I started at 50. I'm now at 60. and getting used to that. Now, one of the things that you mentioned, but I think it's worth coming back to, is, uh, and it's something I'm aware of, I, I know that you and I had exchanged some email earlier, I, there's a, a couple of friends of mine who are blind, a married couple, 
and the the husband has been trying to find work. He's got a degree in computer science, and he's just having the the hardest time uh, because no one thinks he's capable of doing anything. Uh, and uh, so I know the the unemployment rate among people who are visually impaired is extremely high, and I, I think you said it was like eighty percent. Yes. And that's the, one of the things that if we have accessible technology, maybe that gives us a chance to, to get around some of that. Um, and, you know, I think most people want to be productively employed. I, I, I concur with you 100 um, percent. There's so many things that come into play with, you know, disabilities and trying to get jobs. I mean, one, honestly, people, you know, I'm trying to think of how to put this kind of like politically correct or whatever, but. People that, you know, regular people, this is a very broad brush, but people that don't interact with people with disabilities kind of think like, oh, he's blind, he obviously can't do anything, or, oh, that poor person's in a wheelchair, what can they possibly do, or, you know, and it's not the case at all. Like, there are extremely smart people that have disabilities, and, you know, some people that aren't so smart that don't have disabilities, but there's extremely smart people that don't have disabilities and it's, you know, people that aren't so smart without disabilities. So it, you know, we're not any different than another person. It's just, we have to do things differently or in another way or adapt how we accomplish things. But that doesn't mean we're, you know, no, no smarter, you know, than the next person. So there's that hurdle. And then, you know, there's a hurdle as an employer, like, Oh geez, you know, if I hire this, you know, blind person, now I gotta get a talking this and a talking that and a you know, I gotta spend like ten thousand dollars in equipment to, you know, get this person a job and what if they don't work out and you know, so they, they just want they don't, don't want to put up with it. And they just, you know instead of saying, Look, we're not hiring because we're blind, we're gonna would they say, Oh, well we hired Bob over here, he's more qualified than you and that meaning, uh, he can see <laughs> you know. So it, it there's just all these annoying hurdles that you know, not only blind people, but just people with disabilities in general have to overcome. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that uh, is worth maybe thinking about a little bit is if uh, if people can't have jobs and can't earn a living, uh, then your tax dollars end up supporting them. Exactly. Well, with, with Orca and, and, well, I guess maybe more Sonar, I really... My end goal, like with Sonar GNU Linux and the ACF, you know, this could be a 10, 15 year thing. It could be that far out, but I'm, I'm, you know, in it for the long run. My goal is for anyone that has any type of disability to be able to use Sonar GNU Linux. And then not only that, but encourage entrepreneurship using Sonar. Uh, you know, people could have their own tech support companies within the towns they live in, the countries they live in. People could start to become developers because it's free software. They can read the source code, start to understand it, teach themselves how to program. Maybe, you know, now that they can access a computer, they could get online and take online training to develop. Who knows how many developers could come out of these, you know, 360 million vision impaired people or 1 billion people with some type of disability. So they'll be able to become developers, create um, software for Sonar or, you know, free software in general, bring enhancements to Orca and other types of software. So we can create developers out of Sonar. We can create tech support companies out of Sonar. We can, you know, there could be other companies that sell computers preloaded with Sonar. Really, I mean, the sky would be the limit with what you want to do with free software and Sonar. So 
Not only will Sonar bring accessibility, but Sonar could also encourage entrepreneurship throughout the world. Okay, so uh, tell us a little more about uh, technically what is Sonar. I, I think it's a Linux distro, but uh, give us the details. Sure, so Sonar is, um, uh, um, like Kevin just said, a Linux distro that is focused on accessibility and assistive technology. So right now, Sonar currently uh, has software on it for vision uh, for blind people like me. You just heard Orca. It has low vision software, uh, screen magnification, so you can enlarge the text and everything on a screen so low vision users can magnify the screen. It has a font included for people with dyslexia to help them uh, with reading papers and, and fonts and things like that on the computer screen. It has a couple of on-screen keyboards for people with low motor skills. So if one person only has use of only has good use of one hand or maybe like a little bit of use out of both hands instead of having to use a keyboard they use the mouse or, or any kind of pointing device and they can use the on-screen keyboard to you know type things in one of the keyboards will do predictive text and will also pre-populate certain things so if you're constantly typing in some of the same things some of the same paragraphs you can type it in once and save it and then just by the press of one button, you can pre-populate these specific things that you already had outlined. Um, there's also software on here for quadriplegics where they can control the cursor of the mouse just by moving their eyes or their head. Um, and then thanks to Jezra, who kind of uh, in a roundabout way <laughs> gave us a text uh, voice recognition software called Blather. That hasn't been worked on at all, unfortunately. There's just so much we're doing, and obviously now... With us focusing on Orca, Blather's kind of pushed to the side a little bit, but I'd like to see Blather be one of the next projects we work on where Blather is like a dragon naturally speaking, where you can actually control the computer just from your voice. And I believe that uh, listeners to Hacker Public Radio, uh, John Culp has recorded uh, several programs about Blather, so if you go look for uh, John Culp's uh, programs, you can see what we're talking about. Yeah, he actually sent me all of his uh, notes and his config files and everything, which is a great, you know, a great jumping point to, to start with. So I totally appreciate that, John. And unfortunately, I haven't done anything with it yet. I'm sorry, but we will get to it. Um, but that's, you know, roughly what Sonar is. And like I said, that's the focus of Sonar is not only to give access to everyone that has any type of disability, but we're going to encourage entrepreneurship also through Sonar. Like I said, tech support companies, uh, de you know, developers will be coming out of, you know, using Sonar. Um, really, like I said, the sky is the limit. We can't, you know, force people <laughs> to make their own jobs or to want to get a job. But this will definitely, if anything, uh, at least give them the opportunity and the chance to do that if they wish, if they're motivated enough. Uh, that is wonderful. Uh, so glad to hear about that. I think it's very interesting that you're aiming uh, sonar at a broader audience than just people who have uh, visual impairments, that you're looking at a whole range of disabilities. Yeah, because honestly... The, uh... The, the the you know uh, blindness is probably the largest type of disability like i said out of, out of the 1 billion people with some type of disability 360 million are vision impaired so that's the largest kind of uh uh disability throughout the world but uh according to the Christopher Reeves Foundation in the United States there's 1.25 million people that suffer paralysis due to spinal cord injuries i didn't know there was that many people I, i've looked into doing home automation things using the raspberry pi so people that are in wheelchairs have complete control over their house they they could you know live 
you know, independently, open the doors on their own, open and close the blinds, control their cooling and heating systems, control their, you know, media players all through just one device in their house to give them home automation. So there's, all, there's really so many things that I want to do, but I need to just <laughs> stay focused and, and, and do Orca. But like I said, in 10 or 15 years, uh, the ACF I'm hoping will be, you know, not a force to be reckoned with, but the ACF will be a, a, a nonprofit providing all of these services and software to all these people throughout the world. Like I said, it, you know, one out of every six or seven people in the world have some type of disability. And and unfortunately, most of the world has kind of written them off, throw them a bone every now and then saying, oh, well, here's, here's your whatever. And, and you know, they just kind of pat them on the head and, and, you know, keep going. And I say, you know, me, my, and, you know, I say that everyone, these 1 billion people have something to offer and let's give them the chance and the opportunity to give back to the world that they live in instead of, you know, I, trust me, th- these people don't want to sit by and just take handouts the rest of their life. They want to do something. Who knows what person has the next great novel in their head, the next great play, the next great movie, the next great album or song, or the next great web application or web service or operating system or mobile operating system. Who knows which one of these 1 billion people have the next great thing in them and they can't get it out because they can't use the computer. Well, now that uh, raises, you're uh, getting into the next area here, the Accessible Computing Foundation. Uh, which you established, uh, oh, what, a year and a half, two years ago? Yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about ACF. So the ACF is a nonprofit focused on bridging the gap between accessibility and technology. And, you know, this day and age that we live in, it's this, I call it a technological revolution. There's like all these just insane things coming out. We're carrying phones in our pockets that are faster than computers that we had nine years ago where, you know, people are wearing glasses on their face and taking videos and pictures and giving them updates of tweets right in front of their eyes. They're, you know, we're having autonomous cars. We're having, uh, you name it. There's probably a, a billion other things I'm not thinking of right now. All these things are moving so fast at such a rapid rate. It's really impressive. But as fast as all of these things are moving, that means that people that need assistive technology or need accessibility are actually being left behind that much faster because the faster all this technology is advancing the more and more we're not focusing on accessibility computers have been around you know what like you could get them in your home since like the late 70s early 80s or whatever they've been around for a long time there's no reason why a blind person shouldn't be able to like every blind person should be able to access a computer now it should just be built into the operating system it's not like blind people are a new thing it's not like we just discovered there's blind people in the world this should have been thought of from the beginning but it wasn't and so now you know like the acf has to come along and give free software for assistive technology to to assure all blind people can access a computer and so there's things like that like there's no re- like i said there's no reason why a blind person uh, a quadriplegic you know people with low motor skills there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to access a computer with tools already built into the operating system there should be no need for proprietary software companies to come along and sell stuff for like a thousand dollars fifteen hundred dollars extra just so a person with some physical hurdle can access a computer you know, that's a, a really good point. And I think that uh, people sometimes really need to be pushed. Uh, some years ago, I was managing a university website, and uh, I put some effort into saying, this site has to be accessible. 
we have to do things that are going to make it accessible. And the administration of the university was, uh, well, why do we need to do that? We don't have any blind students. And what I wanted to say was, and with that attitude, you never will. Right. <laughs> uh, but instead, it was, uh, well, the law says you have to. Right. And, uh, you know, we have the uh, Americans with Disabilities Act in this country, and I, I'm sure our, our friends in other places, there are similar kinds of legislation. Uh, so I was able to just pull that out and say, well, you know, do you want to get prosecuted or do you want to let me fix this thing? Yeah, and that's sort of a double-edged sword, too, like the Americans with Disability Act. Like, sure, it's a good thing that it's a law and it's there, but then it's like, okay, uh, we need you to do this much and no much more, and then you don't have to worry about getting sued. It's like doing just enough to, to appease people, and it's not even appeasing the right people. Like, you know, nine, nine times out of ten, if someone says, oh, yeah, this is accessible, yeah, it's accessible if you have your eyes open and you're using a screen reader. Like, even if you're using a screen with your eyes open, you're still, like, cheating. You're not getting what could what's missing or what's not working right because you can see. And if, you know, if something doesn't work, you, like, click on the mouse and it works. Like, okay, yeah, it works. And it's like, yeah, it's accessible to you because you did it with your eyes open. Shut your eyes for 10 minutes and then tell me how accessible it is, you know. So there's a lot of that, unfortunately, that kind of happens too where it's like yeah it's accessible enough yeah it works but when push comes to shove it really isn't accessible and it's you know no better off than it was when it was totally inaccessible yeah as i recall when you did that demo with pokey you just turned off the monitor it's like okay pokey you're you are now blind Go exactly uh now i know that uh you are looking for people to support the Accessible Computing Foundation. Uh, I signed up, and uh, I think the plan I'm on is $2 a month. Yes. Which, you know, that's not a whole lot of money. Uh, there, most people can afford something like that. And uh, is that, uh, I think that's PayPal? Yeah, unfortunately, right now it's PayPal. Uh, have you looked at, uh, you know, Amazon and Google? Um, I'm more looking at a company called Stripe. They're sort of the newer sort of company offering things uh, like online payments. Um, I'm looking at setting up something with them. The, the The reason why I don't like PayPal, and I've had a few mem- you know few people email me saying like, is there any other way I can give you money than other through PayPal? Because even some other people don't like PayPal. One issue I've been having is um with PayPal, I've noticed that like me- not recently, but in the past. I would get an email saying like, "Oh, so and so quit their membership." I'm like, "Oh, that stinks." And I was, you know, and I, and I thought of like emailing people, just saying like, "Oh, I'm sorry. You know, is there something? You know, do you feel like we're not doing something that we should be?" But I, I never email people. And one time, I had a member email me, and he said, "I'm sorry. You know, why did you quit my mem? Why did you cancel my membership?" And I emailed them back saying, "I didn't cancel your membership. I got an email from PayPal saying you canceled it." And he said, well, I got an email saying that you canceled it. And I was like, that's really weird. And so he was like, well, I didn't cancel it. And I was like, well, you know, obviously I wouldn't want to cancel your membership. I have no idea why this happened. So, you know, I had 10 or 12 cancellations, probably all of them, if not most of them, with this like PayPal debacle. Like, So if you were a member, I did not cancel your membership. Um, if you'd like to join again, it would be greatly appreciated. But I have no idea why PayPal would do that. Well, I think that illustrates the problem that a lot of us have, is that uh, PayPal is not very customer-friendly. They tend to be arbitrary, um, and, you know, you could 
they could one day just suddenly decide, um, we've decided you're not legitimate and not even give you the money that has already been collected. Right. Yeah. I, stuff like that. Yeah. I saw, I, I don't know if it was a Kickstarter or Indiegogo campaign, but I saw someone had raised like a significant amount of money, like $80,000, $100,000, something like that. And PayPal held on to like half of it and said, well, we're not going to release the rest of it to you until we know, you know, people are getting what you said they're going to get. And I was like, whoa, I was like, who gave them the, uh, you know, who gave them the position to decide whether or not they're going to give this person the money? You know, I was like, man, that's that's a little scary. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, I, I understand that for a lot of people, PayPal is convenient. But if, if ever there was a company that needed some serious competition, it is PayPal. Yeah, so I'm looking at using, like I said, a company called Stripe. So if anyone's looking for any sort of online uh, payment method, I would check out Stripe. I don't know if they're U.S. only, but um, I would definitely check them out. And I hope in the very near future we'll be switching over to them and we won't have to accept PayPal anymore. Okay, that's uh, that's good. Keep us informed about all of that. Uh, So I think uh, at this point... um, what what are you mostly looking for? I know you've got this uh, fundraiser going uh, to raise money to improve the Orca screen reader. Is that the primary focus right now? Yeah, basically with making Orca better, I said I want to make it 10 times better. Really the goal... Uh, currently there's no like major show-stopping bugs in Orca. I mean, it, it's comparable to like JAWS, which is the proprietary software or whatever other you know, proprietary screen reader software, it's comparable. But currently there's 247 bugs against Orca. And so it's sort of like, you know, death by a thousand paper cuts kind of thing. So what I'd love to do is with $100,000, we could hire uh, two full-time developers like in South America and that we have a couple of guys that we're looking at. And it, it, currently there's one full, there's there's essentially really one developer on Orca. No one's, there's no outside people, you know, contributing stuff. There's one full-time developer. She gets paid by another company to do Orca work, which is great. Uh, the only, I don't, I don't want to say problem or whatever, but the only thing is when the money, the company that pays her, she has to basically work on things that they deem, you know, important or that they want her to get done. So anything outside of that, she can't do on company time. She would have to do it on her own time. And if she's already doing, you know, 40, 60 hours a week, she probably doesn't really, you know, want to <laughs> donate any more time. So if we could hire a couple more guys, we could triple, you know, the development. We could triple the amount of commits to Orca. We could, you know, triple the work being done to Orca, get these bugs down, and then we could actually truly start innovating on Orca. I don't want to start any sort of innovation until we can get a lot of these bugs squashed because. I was telling my wife the other day that, you know, I've been using Orca full time for five years now. I don't, there are little quirky workaround things that you have to do. I don't real. I don't notice them anymore. I'm just used to it. To me, Orca's fine. Orca works. But I saw someone come on the mailing list the other day say like, oh man, how do you, you know, how do you do this? How do you do that? And like, everyone's like, oh, oh yeah, three years ago, we figured out a way to work around that or you know, oh yeah, you know, instead of doing this, you have to do that. And I, I started to realize, man, there's all these little things that we do to kind of make it work when it shouldn't have to be like that. So I want to get Orca to that point where a new person, you know, installs Sonar, installs any other GNU Linux, starts up Orca, and they're going to have no problems. They're going to be able to just start using stuff and not have to ask, like, why doesn't this work? Why doesn't that work? Why, you know, why can't I see what I spelled when I arrow back? Why is it not reading it? You know, little things like that. So that's really the goal of Orca is to, you know, to gain, to, for the $100,000, is to hire 
some guys to work on this and really just squash those nitpicking little things that I don't even notice anymore. That sounds like a great idea. Uh, so we're getting, uh, I think, towards the end here. So uh, where can people go for more information? Sure. So the so the campaign, again, is igg.me slash at slash O-R-C-A. And if you want to check out the Accessible Computing Foundation, that is at theacf.co, theacf.co. And if you want to check out Sonar, the operating system, it's sonargnulinux.com. So those are the, the three places you'd probably want to check out. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Uh, I will make sure that these get into the show notes uh, for this program so that people can get more information. And as Ken said, uh, we're going to be talking about this in a week's time because uh, we're going to have our New Year's uh, marathon and you are going to be featured on. Yeah, I will, I will be on that as, as much as uh, humanly possible. So if anyone does want to talk to me, you'll be able to hit me up on the HPR marathon. Wonderful. So, uh, this is Ahuka signing off uh, on behalf of Jonathan Nato and Ken Fallon. And as always, I'm going to remind everyone to support free software. Thank you. Absolutely. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All Binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.